From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you are listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for April 29th, 2010. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And this week, I'm joined by Corey Martin, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, and Kevin Close. Stella Eccles is off somewhere getting into trouble. (laughs) She's finding money in the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Tell her to share. Um, Pete Werner. Walter Eccles and Max Eccles are currently on an 11-night Mediterranean cruise, and you can follow their exploits on Facebook and also on our site and uh, keep track of them and all the good times that they're having. And hopefully they'll come back to us in good shape and no one will have been arrested. And bring us stuff. Really? (laughs) Presents. And what we're going to do for this show is we're going to read your emails and listen to your voicemails and hopefully provide you with some great information. Uh, if we read your email or play your voicemail, you can you are eligible for a Diz Unplugged T-shirt and or a pen and lanyard. And Teresa now is in charge of getting those out. So if they're not going out fast enough, it's Teresa's fault. Yes, definitely. If you go ahead. Also, you are entered in our drawing, aren't you? Correct. We have a monthly drawing where you get to uh, pick a number from the prize matron. So all sorts of good things happen if you contact us. If you'd like to send us an email, you can write to us at podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can call us toll-free 1-877-310-9662 in the UK, 0808-120-2316 in Australia, 1-800-774-531. All right, let's get started. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. <laughs> Teresa. I'm ready. This comes from Cheryl. Um, just returned from a seven-day stay at Kadani Village with my eight-year-old grandson. Although Teresa has mentioned how cool Kim Possible is at Epcot, I want to reiterate how much we loved it. We solved two missions. The one in China really drew a crowd at each stop. My grandson turned on a waterfall in the koi pond, made a wind chime move, and made leaves appear on a withered bonsai tree. That last one was amazing. There was one cloud of smoke and a green tree appeared. Even a group of teenagers asked where they could take part. My grandson couldn't wait to go back to the park for another assignment. This is truly a hidden gem for young and old, as it made us peer into sections of the countries that we had never noticed in the past. I think it should be on everyone's must-do list. I agree. We did this. and I, I can't tell enough people about it. It's just so cool. China and Germany were our favorites. Mexico's cool. But you don't, I don't, we just let them pick wherever, you know, send us where where you want to send us. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. And we did several in a row. But it's a great way if you've been to the parks a lot of times, like they said, you know, it's a great way to see some of those little areas in some of the pavilions that you might not have ever been in before. And it makes you stay longer than Mm -hmm. just passing through. You know, you're there and you're seeing Weird little things happen, and you do draw a crowd. If someone's not familiar with Kim Possible, let's give a quick explanation of what it is and how you can participate in it. Well, you go. There's several places you can sign up. In um, Epcot. In Epcot. You go, and um, you give them your pa- your park ticket. They scan it, and you get a time that you come back and get your communicator at one of several different locations throughout the park. And it has a mission, and it's like a little cell phone. And it tells you Kim Possible, the little cartoon character and all her little cohorts, tell you you're there to solve a mission, whatever it may be, 
to stop the bad guy. And you don't need to be familiar with Kim Possible because I wasn't when I did it, and I still managed to do the missions. Yeah, it was it was fun. We did it. We uh, we saw Mexico, and I think we went to France. But how long does a mission take? I think about thirty minutes. Yeah, thirty minutes. That. But my girls were fighting over the communicator. Who was going to hold it? And who was going to you know solve the missions? We went to one of the little uh, kiosks where you uh, where you get your communicator, and accidentally went to the Spanish one. Mm-hmm. So we started off, and <laughs> everything was in Spanish. We're like, oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> um, one of the things that we've done is if we're in the park and we see a kid who's doing that mm-hmm. and about to unlock one of the mysteries, and we're with his mom, we always go, watch this, watch this, watch this. And she's fascinated by it, too, by we it saw as well. One, we saw the one in France. It's cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's very cool. The Eiffel Tower and the books. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's- and we also saw the one in Germany. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what's neat about that is it's just sort of like this surprise that mm-hmm. happens. And nobody around you really knows what's going on or what's going to happen. And you walk up and this thing happens just for mm-hmm. you. And it's not like it interferes if you're not doing the experience. It's not like it interferes with your park touring. No, it doesn't. It just gives you an added dimension. To- Honestly, when this first came out, what, a year or so ago, my first thought was, Lord, this is going to be lame because Kim Possible is not even on TV anymore unless it's like 3 a.m. on when a Tuesday. When told me I had to go do it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> do Don't make this. me do this. And after we did it that first time, we went back several more weekends to do it. We really it's cool. And there's it. people doing it all over the place. So I think it's a definite added attraction that you this need to This is something do. they should think about for each park. That mm-hmm. would be cool. Why can't you do Animal Kingdom and have oh, that'd be great. Yeah. some yeah. mystery there? It doesn't have to be Kim Possible. It could be some other character. Right. Cool. But. Thank you, Cheryl. Excellent. Thank you, Teresa. Who else has an email? Oh, I can read mine, really. You can? Okay. This is from Jennifer Kluzak. Does Disney offer any toll-free numbers, or are they, are they all direct dial to 407? That's an easy one. There is no 800 numbers. That is correct. Really? Yep. You gotta well, think if they're gonna do that, they're gonna have people calling them all the time asking to talk to Mickey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way it is. So you gotta pay for a toll call. It's a long distance call from where we live to Disney, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. We really? have to dial a one from St. Cloud, which is 17 miles mm-hmm. away. I have to dial. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm farther away. Why don't I? Why is it's it the way the phones are set up? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep, unfortunately, there are no 800 numbers. And there were some that have been published over the years, and as soon as everybody sees that there's one and they start calling, Disney shuts it down. Interesting. I did not know that. Thank you, Kathy. Let's play a voicemail. Corey, who do we have up first? Uh, This one comes from Debbie Marks. Hi, podcast crew. This is Debbie Marks from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. D-Law on the boards and one of Kathy's peeps. Love to you. Yeah, just had a quick question for you. I was listening to your Walt Disney Family Museum segment. Kudos, by the way, is a really informative segment. And it got me to thinking. I'm looking for something good to read for the spring and summer. And I know we have our book club up on the boards. Pirate Latitudes is going to be one of the primary ones I'm going to read. But it got me to thinking, this museum thing. Hmm, I'm wondering if there is a definitive Walt Disney biography. I'm sure there's plenty out there that are unofficial, but I'm wondering if there's one that's a definitive one that you guys would recommend. Also, did Walt Disney write memoirs or an autobiography? I'd like to know that as well. Hope you guys have the answer for me, and if you don't, please submit this as a stuff the panel question. (laughs) And I hope I win. 
Just kidding. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Debbie, for your voicemail. Kevin, I know you have an answer for her. I do. The definitive uh, Walt Disney biography right now is considered to be Walt Disney by Neil Gabler. N-E-A-L-G-A-B-L-E-R. It's a 30-pound book. It's it's quite heavy. It's a big, long, thick book, but it's considered to be the ultimate Walt Disney biography. I don't know that Walt ever recorded or wrote his autobiography or ever participated in a biography, but we just went to the Walt Disney Muse Family Museum, and throughout the museum, we know that Walt recorded his history because there are clips of it throughout the museum where there are sound bites of him talking about different phases of his life. And not so, just, you know, the, we've heard the ones over and over again about how he thought about Disneyland because they went to the carousel and they, they couldn't ride together and he wanted to do something with his daughters. It's not just that stuff. It's stuff that's actually talks about uh, what he went through when the unions went on strike in the animation studios back to... Uh, what it was like for him and his brother to make money as kids selling newspapers. So it's really every facet of his life. That's cool recorded. stuff, though. That's the neat It's very stuff. cool yeah. stuff. And it's cool as you walk through um, this museum without giving too much away. They really have used every level of technology you can imagine. One of the people that worked in the museum pointed out there is so much sound in the museum. Every display, every little kiosk, every little section has its own soundtrack. However, they've worked sound magic so that it's not just a cacophony of sound. It doesn't all bleed over each other. Hmm. The sound is directional, the way they've got it focused, so you really only hear it when you're standing in the right area. Oh, wow. So you don't hear it when you move to the next thing. So it's very cool. Excellent. But that would be the one I would recommend. That's the one that seems to be the most complete. Thank you, Kevin. Who else has an email they want to read? My email comes from Lottie. Uh, Lottie B. in Conway, South Carolina. Hi, all. I've been listening to your show for a little while, and I would be interested to hear your thoughts on Tony's Town Square restaurant. The last two times my husband and I went there, we were disappointed. On our honeymoon, it was very hot out, so I wasn't really in the mood to finish my large piece of lasagna, but the cold cheesecake sounded refreshing, and I ordered that. Well, the waitress reprimanded me for not finishing my dinner, but for finishing what to me was a tiny piece of cheesecake this last trip we (laughs) decided is she paying this last trip we decided to give it one more chance and our waiter ignored us when he finally came to our table we told him we were meeting people after dinner not so he would rush but so he wouldn't ignore us but that made no difference and the people who arrived 10 minutes after us were seated next to us got pasta before our salads even were even delivered. From what I've read, this experience is not unique to us, and I was wondering what yours were. Thanks. Lottie B. Well, Lottie, I think Tony's Town Square Tavern is a big old waste of space, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, Chef Boyardee mediocre Italian food in what should be one of the premier spots in Walt Disney World. It's right there on Town Square. It should be a destination restaurant, and it's not. Our experience was uh, similar to yours. 
uh, we were standing in what we thought was the appropriate spot, and a gentleman told us we had to move. So we moved, and we stood there for a couple more minutes, and then he came over, and he wasn't happy that we were standing there, so he moved us to a third spot. He wasn't happy after a couple minutes that we were standing there, and he moved us to a fourth spot. Well, this happened for the fifth time, and I actually asked to speak to a manager, and I wanted to know what the problem was and where he wanted us to stand. And they apologized profusely and told us that he was a bit of a fuss budget. And I thought, well, then he shouldn't be out dealing with the people. Our food was at best mediocre and overpriced. And I just, I don't think, I think some people think that the theming in certain restaurants is worth going no matter what the food is like. And I understand that theory. I really do. However, I don't think this theming in Tony's Town Square Tavern is good enough to put up with mediocre food. So that's my experience. I think Tony's is a definite, should be in the pass it by category. And any waitress, unless she's really playing with you and has developed that sort of relationship over the course of the meal, should scold you for what you did and did not eat. Yeah, maybe she came from 50s. (laughs) And if she did it with a sense of humor and it was all part of a playful mood but to scold you that you didn't eat your dinner and you did finish your cheesecake and not be playful about it well, that's kind of odd Teresa do you want to add this to your itinerary no <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it because I had never eaten there but it just Teresa, Teresa go to the frozen food section of your grocery store grab whatever cheap Italian entree you can find and microwave it wow I've never even been inside I've been inside and looked around but uh, what would stop me from going there is what something she said. If you're out there and it's hot, you really don't want to have a big, heavy meal. They do have other entrees. They do have they? salads and things yeah. like that. And on a nice day, it's beautiful to sit out on the patio or out on the, the balcony, the porch, whatever they call it. Uh, and if you're there for one of the parades at night, it can be a great place as long as everybody doesn't stand directly in front of you. However... It's not the kind of restaurant that I would tell people to go to. I think your money, for the same money, would be better spent at Crystal Palace in the Magic Kingdom. Sounds good. I agree. Thank you, Kevin. Let's play another voicemail. Corey, who's our next one from? This one comes from Kiwi Tim on the boards. Hi, guys. Kiwi Tim here. Uh, I understand the give a day, get a day promotion has now ended. But I was wondering if it was still possible to do some volunteering for Disney while I'm there on vacation. (laughs) No, I'm I'm joking. Why would I do that? That's silly. Uh, My actual question had to do with... Australians are weird. uh, (laughs) Any of them. Um, We'll hold on to uh, luggage for a a week or so. Uh, I'm looking to be staying in the area uh, for for a week, then uh, leave uh, Orlando and come back... Uh, to do the podcast cruise, uh, and just wondering whether they will uh, will hold on to our luggage for that time. Thanks very much. Bye. All right, thank you, Koala Bear, Fred, <laughs> <laughs> Kiwi, Kiwi, Kiwi Tim, Kiwi, Kiwi Tim. Tim. You're just willing to offend everyone. I am. <laughs> I'm back Bear. from vacation. So what's the answer? I want to know. Too. The answer is no. Disney Resorts will not hold your luggage. It's not a valet service. They will not just. Not a, Wait a minute. They hold a refrigerator indefinitely. No, no. that's different. A day, right? So when the next person checks in, or a day and a half. They're not a, a storage locker, right? 
I would also think that's a security concern. Right. And it's also, you know, personal property. They're taking responsibility for your personal property. With the refrigerator, someone's checking in and then someone's checking out, and they're claiming that property the same day. It's not sitting there for a week. Or when it does, it disappears. Right. That's when they have problems with it. So the answer is no, Disney Resorts will not do that. What you might want to look into is owner's locker. Um, They're uh, an advertiser on the Diz boards, so we need to let you know that. But what they do is they deal a lot with DVC folks. And you rent a space for a period of time, and they hold people's items for the next time they visit. But this might work for you. Take one of their shorter contracts and let them hold your luggage. I think what Kathy said is the temperament around town and around the world has changed. No one's going to want to store your stuff for that long. It would be a security risk to the other people in the hotel. But I just think this is also Disney's policy. They don't do it. It's that they don't have the capabilities of doing it. They don't have the Oh, could you see that if they did? I mean, that would get out of hand real fast. Right. Well, I'm coming back in six months. You can't mm-hmm. hold on to my luggage for six months. But for months. a small fee, John will pick it up and store it in his house. <laughs> I will. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in my office because that's where everything goes. It comes in the house. That's, our, that's our, our, our benchmark for whether it should come into the house or not. Are you willing to store it in your office? <laughs> so there's your answer, unless someone else has a better answer. No, I think owner's locker is a, a good deal. I agree. Check them out. I think you'll be happy with them. All right, who has an email they'd like to read? I have one. It comes from Lisa, Missy Missy on the boards. Hi, team. I have a question on nightlife in Disney. I will be coming to Walt Disney World in May, and for the first time, we'll be able to experience adult nightlife. With Pleasure Island gone, where are some fun places to go? Can you go round the table and each give nightlife suggestions? We have a rental so we can go anywhere, Walt Disney World or outside. Hope you all have a great week. Well... You know, with Pleasure Island gone, it kind of is slim pickings around Walt Disney World. There's Jelly Rolls, which I know a lot of people like. It's a piano bar that's located on the boardwalk. Um, In that same area, there's Atlantic Dance. I don't really know much about Atlantic Dance. I think it's changed throughout the years. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. They have a, a DJ that plays music. If you're into karaoke, there's Kimono's which is over at the Swan and Dolphin Resort. It's also a sushi bar. And if you're willing to go outside of Walt Disney World property, there's Point Orlando. There's a place, a restaurant called Opa, and at night it's pretty high energy. It's a Greek place, so you can imagine they're throwing napkins everywhere. Opa! Yeah, it's a good time. I love her TV show. (laughs) (laughs) She's leaving. (laughs) She, She does that book club thing. I really think the hot spot, though, for vacationers is uh, it's City Walk. Oh, that's what I was going to say when you got to this side of the table. Yeah, we took your answer. Took you know, I hear that these days that the Martins are staying up late. So you might <laughs> yeah. party at our house. <laughs> you might want to go visit the Martins. Great sure plays the CD player and Julie flashes the lights on. <laughs> I think you hit it. I mean, I think you've got the boardwalk area has some entertainment, Atlantic Dance, on certain nights of the week. Has- it's changed the years. I mean, there are still some places at downtown Disney. Every Sunday night, there's what's called Sin Night at the House of Blues. If you're into, like, techno music, it starts at around 1030. If you show, like, some sort of service industry card, you get in for free. If not, it's $8. Sin Night? Sin Night, service industry night. And They right- also have concerts at the House of Blues, right. depending Sin- on when you're going to be here. Sin Night usually starts right after a concert. There's Raglan Road. I know nightly they have a band there. Oh, that tiny little stage in the middle for the dancer. And those clog dancers. They also have that 
I can't think of the name of the new restaurant. Paradiso. Paradiso. If you're into tequila and really cold beer. They have live entertainment there. There's the Hard Rock. We'll have live performances also at Universal. Definitely check the concert schedule for Orlando. I mean, if you're willing to go all the way downtown, I mean, downtown Orlando is pretty happening. It's more of a college crowd. It's cool, though. A lot of neat stuff. Yeah, if you want to check that out, check out Church Street Station. Busy nights, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's past my bedtime. <laughs> also, I think that's a much younger. That's really yeah, a it's younger. More, it's crowd. more of a college crowd. So oh, unless you're or younger, co- right? Unless yeah. you're college age, you're going to kind of feel creepy stalker kind you're of. Right. Yeah, there's some odd oddities down there. I'd say check out City Walk. Max goes down there and hangs with his people. The skinny pants people. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are some nice places. I mean, there's like the. Hey, he goes to nice places. They're just odd. <laughs> in his in his tuxedo. Yeah. But I mean, like the Bohemian. There's a nice uh, there's a nice bar area there if you're really into wine and martinis. There's a martini bar on Church Street Station. You don't really have to go with the the riffraffs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Um, I have an email. I'm going to read. Mine's from EKW on the boards. Beth is her real name. I have a question about the Disney cruise ships that is related to your discussion about the tubs slash no tubs in different staterooms. I have a Disney travel specialist in Colorado Springs tell me that if I want to take my boys on a cruise, I'd have to save up and book a suite due to my size. Her comment was that I wouldn't be able to fit into the bathrooms in the less expensive rooms. What is your experience with this? My boys really want to do a Disney cruise. At this point, I'm just in the dreaming and saving stage, but I need to know what my goal should be. Thanks thanks so much. I actually answered Beth directly on this because it struck a chord with me. Um, she mentions what size she wears, and I'm not going to mention that on the podcast just because it's personal information. But, Beth, Kevin and I are both bigger than you, and we have no issue with the staterooms on the cruise. It's not a luxury suite. It's not going to be tremendous, but you're on a cruise. You have to expect to be in a smaller accommodations, and the bathroom is going to be tighter, and there's going to be some maneuvering. But by all means, take your boys on a cruise. Book the, the most expensive stateroom you can afford and enjoy it. But you don't, don't even have to do that. You can book the least expensive stateroom on the ship. One, the one that she can afford. Don't go with something that someone else tells you to do. I want to take this a step further. Because there is only one shower on the cruise, there have been times when we had to get ready that I've gone up to the rainforest room, gym area, and there's a men's and women's locker room up there. And if you feel at all worried that you're going to be uncomfortable, and again, John and I are big boys and shower in the bathroom in a stateroom all the time, but I have, when when we've had to get ready at the same time, used the shower in the men's locker room. And it's a full-size shower. It's got a curtain on it. There's privacy. So I'm so certain the women's locker room is the same way. So there is another facility. And finally, before I let go of this, this should tell you to use a Disney travel specialist who knows what they're talking about. Beth. Shame on this travel agent. Really? Who's trying to bump up a commission right. by giving you misinformation. That's a shame. And if you have any questions, have them call me. Really? I'll talk to them for you. <laughs> So are all the um, – I didn't, just for my own information, the bathrooms aren't all the same size. I realize some of the the more expensive staterooms, the bathrooms are bigger. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the, the bathrooms are the same size. When you get into Category 12 staterooms, 
on the Magic and the Wonder, they're not split. So you okay. have staterooms that don't have the split bathroom, and then as you move up, the staterooms have the split bathroom right. where the shower is on one side mm-hmm. and the toilet and the sink's on the other side. So there's I a like shower it. and a sink. I like that. that split. And then when you get up into suites, I mean, did you guys come into our suite? You were in Pete and Walter's suite. I was suite. in Pete yeah, well, right. yeah, I was in there. We and had there three was bathrooms. A, yeah, yeah. There's three so, bathrooms, and there's a stand-up and shower. And there like a little person in each bathroom giving hands out or something? Ballet. Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> we actually Attended. went on a Disney cruise one time and went into a suite. They were we, And there was a cast member asleep in our bathtub. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> we were on a cruise, and we were midway through the cruise. So our stateroom he'd, he'd started to leak. been there the whole leak. time? Uh, no, our stateroom started to leak. Um, around the sliding glass door. The rug was getting wet because mm-hmm. it had rained outside. And they moved us to a Category 3 suite because another family had had an emergency and had to leave the ship at one of the ports. So as we were going into the suite, the person who had been prepping the suite for another guest decided to take a nap in the stateroom bathroom. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that was fun. So who woke him up? I think we did. We did. We walked in, turned all the lights on. And you go, Excuse me, I was cleaning your tub. Okay, <laughs> face down. Right. Beth, please don't be afraid. If I, John, or I can shower, it's not a luxurious thing. It's a small bathtub, but it's got a cloth curtain on it. If John and I can use it, you can use it. And there are other options too. All right, well, Beth, we hope that answers your question. Let's play another voicemail. Who do we got next, Corey? Uh, this one comes from Emma. Hi, this is Emma from Reading in the UK, button on the boards. On the 2nd of January, I gave birth six weeks early to our first baby, little Walter. He put his first trip to the world on the 3rd of December for two weeks. And whilst I know he will not remember it, we are so excited to share our special place with him and create many magical memories. I have a couple of questions which I'm sure you can help with. When Walter was baking inside me, I would read to him and tell him all about Mickey Mouse and the world. And on our last visit, we found a cute little book called The Story of Disney Bear, A Day in the Magic Kingdom. It was on a stand across from the Country Bear Jamboree. It's how Tinkerbell spreads her pixie dust onto Disney Bear, bringing him to life, and he spends the day in the park with Mickey having fun. So the question is, do you know if there are similar books for the other parks? And if so, where could I find them? My second question is whether there is a list of attractions that Walter can ride in each of the parks. I can find the ride height restrictions and the rides with child swap, but how about the others? I'm sure I recall Julie taking Ferris on Dumbo and Toy Story Mania. Whilst I have no intention of taking him on rides that may frighten him, if he were a very confident little boy, would he be able to ride attractions such as Pirates? Love listening to you guys, and thanks for all you do, and thank you so much for getting me through those night feeds. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Emma. People in the UK bake their babies. They do. <laughs> Little baby Walter. That's so cute. That's so they have less fat. <laughs> Is that why they're so skinny? <laughs> we fry ours. We fry our babies and they bake theirs. You learn something new every day. Um, as far as the books, does anybody know of any books in the other? I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to do some research. I called Disney and I didn't even know this one existed. Right. I apologize. I don't know that this is a series. I, I think that this is unique to the Magic Kingdom, just because of the Magic Kingdom. I'd like to just get the book for my granddaughters. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had such a thing. It's across from the Country Bear Jamboree. Okay. I know everything. There. They have one for uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, and it tells the magical story about how Michael Eisner wanted to get ahead of Universal, <laughs> so he threw up a theme park. 
You don't remember I'm that not part? talking to him. <laughs> no John was not baked. <laughs> I was not baked. It's half baked, really. Um, as far as rides go, there's no list of rides that are specifically toddler friendly anywhere. Might be a good project for us to put together. Something that we can come up with. I mean, you really need to know your own own child. (laughs) Yeah. Like pirates. I mean, we took Ferris on Toy Story Mania. We took him on um, It's a Small World, of course. I think that... He liked everything, right? Because you throw him up in the air all the time. (laughs) Pirates has that those cannon explosions i think it would be very difficult to say yes a, ch- a child w- this would be good for a child or no this wouldn't be good for a child i think Corey's right i think it's going to depend on you right but i think a good rule of thumb is something that a child can ride as in is capable of riding is something that doesn't have a restraint system so something where they can sit in your lap where you're not putting you can dangle them, them out the side of the boat <laughs> exactly except for splash mountain there's no restraint there but is there no well, for us, there is because we're wedged in there. Like <laughs> It takes butter to get us out of the boat. Well, I would say anything like that that gets dark, because I know when I took my granddaughter into um, Journey into Imagination, when Figment comes up and they dim the lights and it sounds like a train's going through, now she was afraid of that because the lights went down. So I would look at things like that. It's, yeah, right. What I, is your child specifically afraid of? Are they afraid of the dark or loud noises or things like that? Things like Nemo would be a good one. You know, it gets dark in there, too, mm-hmm. though. I find that one of the things that's the most frightening for toddlers are the fireworks. Yeah. You see parents with their coats over their kids' oh, heads yeah. running. So it's it depends on your child. I would scream at them every once in a while at home to get them used to it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Flash the lights off and on. <laughs> Just run up to them. Bang, bang. <laughs> In the dark, lights on. It's called Disney practice. <laughs> and throw water on their faces. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Get them ready for the stitch ride. How funny. Use a turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> Strolling around real fast in the heat. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of ways. We should come up with that, a whole Disney yeah. boot camp. At home practice, yeah. That's funny. There's a marketing idea. We should come up with a home toddler kit. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Cutouts um, of feet and butts. And <laughs> from yeah. All right, where were we? <laughs> Who has a bottle of aloe? I don't know if we answered her question at all, or if she's ever going to ask another. <laughs> she really Thank you, Emma from Buttonsburgo. You can. What was what? She, she was her board's name is Button. Oh, Buttonsburgo. I don't know. Little baby Walter. So cute. That was cute. <laughs> All right. Who has an email I'd like I to have one. This is from Debbie Nasick. Hi, Kathy. I have a quick question regarding annual passes. She wrote just to you? Yeah, because I asked, these, asked for questions on Facebook several months ago. Oh, man. We usually buy annual passes every year and take two long trips. Our daughter will be nine for the first trip and turn ten before the second trip. How does that work for annual passes? Will we have to pay more? Lie. What? Lie. <laughs> Don't say that. No, Di- Disney doesn't penalize the kids if they they grow up. If you just go to guest relations, they'll replace that annual pass for you. They'll give you an adult. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. During your trip is what you're saying. Right. When they come down... Um, you know, I've seen people recommend different things, but the best, the right answer is to go to guest relations and have them replace it for She's you. She's asking you. about the ticket? Right. 
what about if you're on the dining plan and you're come in as a nine-year-old and halfway through you turn into a ten-year-old? Disney goes by your age of what you were the first right. day that you check in. Okay. So for the dining plan, she would still be nine. She could get the, the meals. But for in the park, now is anybody going to stop you and say, oh, you look like you're ten today? Probably <laughs> not. I'd have her button on. <laughs> you know. Right. Happy birthday. I just turned ten. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not going to snatch her out of the crowd. But this came up on the Diz not too long ago. And the thing is, is, you know, like, do you want to be in that mad rush as they're all going into the park in the morning? And the cast member goes, oh, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> that you look 10. Yeah. Just get it done before you you go into the park the first time. You can go to downtown Disney. They'll do it. Cast members won't ask you how old your child is. They'll ask the child. Right. How old are you? I'm 10. Oh, really? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the kids don't want to lie. They, they don't... <laughs> Especially if they, you know, have a birthday, you know. Yeah, you want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 10. We did that. Holding up to I'm 49. (laughs) We did that with my granddaughter the last time she was here, and where they're like, How old are you, Julie? She goes, I'm three. And where they're like, No, you're two. No, (laughs) I'm three. She's actually two? Yeah, no, she's actually three. Oh, okay. But we wanted to see because you hear people say that all the time, and here I had my own test subject that I could ask. And she knew exactly how old she was. And no convincing from anybody else was going to tell her that Mm -hmm. she wasn't three. It's interesting. They'll also question if you go into the park with a child with duct tape over their mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I need to test that. Dragging them along with a little duct tape leash. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. How about another email? I have another one. All right. This is from Paul James in Cardiff, Wales, UK. It's a real UK kind of day, isn't it? Well, I write this after canceling our holiday because of the, because of the ash cloud over Europe. Luckily, we have rebooked for the 27th of June for two weeks with Virgin Holiday for the inflated price of £3,200. Staying on International Drive. Ouch. Well, we'll be in Orlando for 4th of July, and I know you have answered this before, but can you recommend where to go on the 4th? Obviously not the parks, but somewhere where we can get the American experience, please. I'm sorry, where we can get the American experience. Please help Paul. Uh, Paul, you can go to any of the hotels at Disney. All of the parks will have fireworks. Orlando becomes the fireworks capital of the world on 4th of July. Mm-hmm. It's They're everywhere. Does it doesn't say where he's staying. International Drive. You'll be able to see fireworks at SeaWorld. You'll be able to see fireworks at Universal. He needs to go to a cookout, though, too. Celebration has a nice uh, celebration. celebration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, if you want to do something that's free and doesn't involve a park ticket, that's a great idea. And it's a good thing that you're not a sore loser. Yeah, really. <laughs> it is our Independence Day from you. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, I'm the one insulting him. <laughs> really? Send those emails to John and Kevin. Really? <laughs> You'll be able to see fireworks anywhere. I would. I agree with Corey. I'm actually gonna. I, I actually think you should avoid Walt Disney World exactly. if you can. I was just gonna say that unless you're willing to get there very early in the day and stake out a spot, you're going to have a hard time getting there later in the afternoon and finding any place to sit or stand if you're not inside a park already. That just it just makes it very difficult. I would say celebration or find a spot where you can see the airspace over one of the other parks and you'll be able to see fireworks. If you want to have a typical American 4th of July, stay in your room with the lights out and the windows closed. And a six-pack. And all the fast food. Except for the six-pack. We cook out. Y'all don't cook out on the 4th? 
Mom's potato salad. Yeah. Don't just count. It's 130 degrees here exactly. on the 4th of okay. July. I mean, Calvin's out there cooking out. I'm in the kitchen watching. <laughs> Grace is inside with the air conditioning. And on. the potato salad, yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Let's play another voicemail. Corey, what do we have next? Uh, this one comes from Lisa. Hi, podcast team. This is Lisa from Athens, Georgia. I'm golden2323 on the boards. My husband and I are looking into booking our first Disney cruise, and we will be taking our two-year-old twin girls with us. I had hoped to get some information on uh, the cruise experience for those that are not quite old enough for the kids' clubs, but might need more than just a baby, baby nursery. Um, they're not potty trained, so I know they couldn't do the kids' club. Um, could you elaborate on what kind of uh, babysitting services may be available on the ship? And then also, if you could uh, maybe elaborate on some shore excursions that may be available for those uh, that would like to do something as a family but have uh, smaller kids that may not be able to do everything. I uh, just wondered, um, is there much to choose from, or are we going to be bored and kind of stuck on the ship in port? Uh, if you could elaborate on those, that would be great. And I just want to say thanks for all you do, and I really enjoy the show. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. First of all, I want to say, even if you're stuck on the ship, you're not going to be bored. Mm-mm. That's I think that's a common misconception people have, is that there's nothing to do on the ship. Uh, I think you'll have a good time. But as far as the other stuff... She asked about the babysitting services. Uh, they're called grandparents. <laughs> yeah, really? Bring them along. <laughs> or stateroom attendants. You know, you get to know them. I didn't use any babysitting services when I was... No, I didn't either. Um, there are two. What she said about being bored, about not going on shore. Isn't that like a prime time to be at the pool? On ship? It's an excellent time to be at the pool. Mm-hmm. Now, the if, they're not, pool. if they're not potty trained, they can't go in the pool. But there is that little splash area that, splash area that mm-hmm. the kids can play in. And again, if they're not potty trained, they can't go into the kids' clubs. So you're, you're really, uh, there's the uh, Flounders Nursery is an option for you if that's what you really want to do with them. But, I mean, there's so much to see and do on the cruise. I mean, you'll be able to come up with stuff. As far as shore, as far as shore excursions go, that's another thing that's really up to the kid. You know, I mean, there are shore excursions that are... Uh, strenuous. You're not going to want to do that. They're ones that you're out all day in the sun. You want to be, you know, mindful of those. But if you find something like um, an island tour, where you're in an air conditioned bus, that might be something that might be enjoyable for everybody. But a beach day, do a beach day. That would be good. And most of the beaches have um, where you can rent an umbrella and a chair mm-hmm. kind of thing. But even at two, don't I mean they still take naps, so it's not like you're going to have this whole big data to fill. And if they're out in the sun, they're probably not going to be out in the sun for a real long time. I think if I remember my two-year-olds when they were little, just running or having a good time on the boat is going to be a, mm-hmm. a wonderful experience. They might not remember it, but at that moment they're going to have a blast i think at that age the vacation with the kids is really for the adults yeah Mm -hmm. get pictures with the kids get pictures with the characters have a good time but i mean the kids aren't going to remember it we'll have a better idea after the podcast cruise because ferris will be two oh my gosh how'd that happen (laughs) (laughs) we don't know now and then that's not even a typical experience though either right we're going to have my parents there so if we need somebody to watch friends and neighbors (laughs) 
But the characters will be out too that they can yeah. see. So I mean, there, there'll be things for you all. I think to do. you wouldn't have any problem. They're Be twins. Fun. Can't they entertain each other? <laughs> like, Leave them in the room. I just wouldn't plan on doing anything like really structured because it would all depend on what your kids were in the mood for. Because you get a kid on a ship and their schedules are going to be a little bit different, and you're going to have the rocking of the ship that's going to help some. You know what I mean? Like the the motion of the ship, not the rocking or the but. You're going to have to play it by ear with your kids. I think kids. they'll enjoy the shows, some of the stage mm-hmm. shows. You know, that's a lot going on. But to answer her question about babysitting, I, I think pretty much Flounders is probably her only option, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Lisa, I hope we answered your question. Corey, let's play another voicemail. Who do we have next? This one comes from Diana. Hi, my name's Diana, my little buttercup on the boards. I was calling with a question about the Disney Cruise Lines. My fiancé and I are planning on taking an Alaskan cruise in August of 2011 for our honeymoon. And I noticed that the Disney Cruise Lines are now offering an Alaskan cruise starting in 2011. I was wondering what information you might have about this cruise, about its ports of call, about the ship... And also, I was wondering what the Disney Cruise Line experience would be like for a honeymoon. Um, is there anything you can do to make it extra special or romantic? So if you could give me some answers to those questions, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I love the podcast. Thank you, Diana. Yes, the Disney cruise ship is going to Alaska in the summer of 2011. Very excited about this uh, itinerary. Um, if you go to our site, there's lots of information about the cruise and the ports of call and the things you can expect. Um, I don't think it's much different than any other cruise line. What you're going to do is you're going to leave out of the port of Los Angeles. Um, there's going to be a stop in Vancouver. Tracy Arm Fjord, which I have no idea what that is. It's a fjord. Is it a fjord? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I drive a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a stop in Skagway, Juno, Kitchikan, and then there's a couple of sea days. So these are these are very typical um, ports for any Alaska cruise. It's not like Disney's going somewhere incredibly special. I believe Tracy Armfjord. Those you visit the the glacier, one of the glaciers. Right. So if you go to the site and you check out what's going what's going on at each port, I think you'll get a better idea of what's going on. Um, we don't know. Because Disney's never been to Alaska before, but we can only speculate that Disney Cruise Line will do what Disney Cruise Line does and make it extra special and have special stuff going on on the ship. And, um, you know, things when you get to the ports, they'll have special things arranged at the ports. I would also suggest we just unveiled the um, section of our website that is for, like, first-time cruisers that answers all your questions. Anything you could think of would be in there. Um that's a great place to start that acquaints you with the ship and what's offered. Um, as far as like what you could do to make it special, I guess I'm one of those that figure you're on the cruise ship. That by itself is plenty special. Yeah, try, try to get a table by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can, you can request from your travel agent uh, to have a table for two for dinner. You could book a couple's massage at the spa. You could make a special dinner reservation at Palo and let them know that it's your honeymoon and Disney will make it extra special mm-hmm. for you. If you are looking to spend the money, you can have a suite. That would be nice. But again, I think Kathy hit it on the head. You're going to be on a cruise ship, on the Disney cruise ship going to Alaska. That's pretty special. 
to answer your question about is it going to be appropriate for a honeymoon, it is if you're a Disney fan. Uh, we hear this question a lot. Will I be overrun with kids? And the answer is always the same. People come back and they tell us all the time, you don't really have to see kids unless you want to. Right. That you can, uh, adult passengers go on all the time without children and absolutely love it. Disney's a high service cruise line. So you'll do very well. And I would even say you don't really even have to be that much into Disney because Disney is so understated. Again, there's things like you wouldn't have to see the characters if you didn't want to, but you could be in the bars or, you know, you can make your vacation what you, or your honeymoon what you want it to be. Look, you're going to be in your stateroom a lot, so make sure you get a veranda. And also, you can get champagne. Or- <laughs> <laughs> That's a big assumption there. Really? <laughs> Corey's vacation before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it called? Vacationing. Uh, no, it's anniversary. Anniversary. <laughs> um, check out the in-room gifts. I mean, this is something that your, your husband should be looking at. Uh, you can get champagne or wine delivered to your room. I think if it's your honeymoon, you're definitely going to want a veranda, especially going to Alaska. Yeah. I think that's, mm-hmm. yeah, in general, you're going to want something with an outside view. Because you're going to go up the inside passage if that's your itinerary. So you're going to have a view out both sides of your window, or both sides of the ship. There's an inside passage and an outside passage. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. You're looking at me like I'm speaking. No, I was just listening yeah. to you. Looking directly at you while you speak. That's your listening face? Yeah, that's my listening face. <laughs> looks just like your I'm bored face. <laughs> how funny how that worked out. All right. Thank you guys for answering that. We uh, hope you have a great time on your honeymoon. And who has one final email we're going to read? Teresa does, but it's seven pages long. I do. I'm a quick reader. I'll read it. I'm going to get a soda. Okay. This comes from Liz Anderson in Centerville, Virginia. Hi, all. I'm My Wee Girls on the boards and wanted to weigh in about our kids' night out experiences and a clarification for a point of confusion from your discussion of kids night out we used kids night out for the first time in may of 2008 when we were at the poly with our older daughter then three years of age we requested a college-aged female from the same reasons leah did and got someone who could have been the twin of our sitter at home our daughter was happy entertained and very comfortable with the sitter Last May, we booked a kids' night out for two nights, and we're again at the Poly, this time with both daughters, now four and two. We again requested a college-age female, but got a grandmother-age female. Nothing wrong with that. She was great. I'm sure it comes down to who's available when. We requested and got the same sitter for both nights. We went out, which was a wonderful consistency for the girls. As I understand it, sitters are permitted to take the children anywhere on resort property, with the exception of water areas, including pools and water play. You can hook them up to eat out at the restaurant dining venues, and the playgrounds are fair game. They are not permitted to drive the kiddos anywhere or take them on any kind of transportation, really, parks, unless you've hired the parent's helper, a different animal than a sitter, are off-limits, too. This may explain why a sitter at the Swan Dolphin was free to walk her little charge over to the boardwalk area for some snacks and fresh air. We'll be at Animal Kingdom Lodge for the first time this spring and are planning on using Kids Night Out again. They run a bit more than the sitters you're hiring, you'd hire at home, as Leah mentioned, but in our experience, they are well worth the price paid. Thanks for the wonderful show. Good information. I just think it's it's a good thing because you know, you're going to get out without uh, the kids. One night, two nights. And it feels like people trust them with yeah. their kids. Mm-hmm. They feel like they can leave them and not worry about them, so that's important. It is, and I, I like the fact that you can request the same sitter. You know, so you're not getting someone different every night. 
If you do it more than one night during your stay. Maybe that college-age sitter had a really bad year, and now she just looks like the grandma. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's been a rough year. She's she babies have her baby kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I just thought that was good information. Nice little clarification on what we already talked about. I definitely feel more comfortable knowing that they won't be participating in any water activities. Yeah. Or, like, you know, taking a bath and stuff like Playing that. Playing darts. Yeah. <laughs> or just wandering, you know, I, I don't know. Here's Some parents will be happy with the ch- with the sitter that stays in the room, and others want your kid to go out and experience things. So it's all what you want. Here's a couple of bucks. Go buy me cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Interesting. Thank you, Teresa. Sure. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We uh, hope we answered some of your questions this week and you got some more insight into your Disney trip planning. Uh, join us next week for another edition of the Diz Unplugged discussion as well as email show. Will and Pete be back next week? I don't know. I don't think so, will he? No. You sounded like desperation. No, I'm just... <laughs> will he please be back? <laughs> just... I don't want to look at John anymore. Please, sir. Really? No, the 11 night cruise started last Saturday. Okay, so no. No. God, it's just going to be us again. Cool. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> that was good. I was like, <laughs> did I save that? All right, well, again, thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next week on another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Mm-hmm.